Winona Forever is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head on over to cageclub.me. Hi, I'm Lindsay Gibb. And I'm Rekha Tulsaram. And this is Winona Forever. Okay, so today we're going to talk about The Age of Innocence, um, 1993 film of Winona's. Uh, I'm going to rely heavily on IMDb for this description because I really don't know how to describe this film. So I'm going to say it was a tale of 19th century New York high society in which a young lawyer, Daniel Day-Lewis, falls in love with a woman separated from her husband, um... (laughs) We're going to think of who that is. Michelle. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, while he is engaged to the woman's cousin, Winona Ryder. So that's basically what it is. It is very much a, you know, an, I guess, 1800s, right? Period. Period yeah. thing. A costume uh, drama. Yeah, it's yes. a, it is. I mean, she looks a lot like she looked clothing-wise in... Uh, Dracula, Dracula yeah, and, and probably how she's going to look in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the next movie's different. Okay. Uh, I think it depends. I haven't seen the next movie. What is it again? It's called House of the Spirits. House of the Spirits, right? No, I know the last episode we said the next movie was going to be the House of the Spirits, right. but now it's the Age of Innocence. But yes, the next movie is House of the Spirits. <laughs> right. But they're all like period it dramas. It is a period kind drama. Of, yeah. But um, she plays like a young character and she grows up and when she grows up it's like the 60s or 70s so oh, she's not, I think okay, something okay. like that maybe not I'm well we'll find out when we get there but um, <laughs> but right now we're here yes <laughs> in The Age of Innocence um, which was based on a book and I think the next one's based on a book too yes. and yes. so was obviously the last one so that's we're hanging out in the based on a book yeah, era of Winona <laughs> the adapt adaptations <laughs> yeah and so I guess of all of us Chris is the only one who'd read this book yeah I, I don't I've never read it I skimmed the pages I have a thing where I I can't watch him. I can watch a movie if I've read the book. Can't go the other way. You I, don't you don't want to read the book if you've seen the movie already. I can't. I I try and can't. I just get it ruins it for right, me. Right, because you see the people the way they you see the actors. Mm. Yeah, I hear I hear Brad Pitt right. talking. Brad Pitt, which I that's just the name <laughs> of an actor. I don't think. I don't know. I know. The button, Benjamin Button. Benjamin no, button. There you, go. you can't, you read, can't that. read that. No, didn't. Um, <laughs> didn't get around to that one. Um, <laughs> I was like, button. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that I can read the book afterwards because I like the book is inevitably better than the movie. So I can read the book and be like, hey, this is great. But if I read the book and then watch the movie, I'm like, this movie is not as good. So I can still watch the movie, but <laughs> I don't usually like the movie after having read the book. Except Hitchcock. Sure. Hitchcock would make great movies out of what I can only imagine are really dull books. Right. Fair. There you go. Well, what do you think about the translation between the book and this movie? Uh, I thought it was more faithful than I thought it would be. 
I mean, it felt like it was so faithful to a book. It just yes. felt like a book on film. <laughs> <laughs> it really I thought, was. I thought that he was going to show more New York. And mm. um, the the only divergences I saw were um, objects, things, and food. I mean, Scorsese spent a lot of time uh, showing you things, describing things mm-hmm. um, that were never really talked about in the book. They didn't so talk like about the food that much? The place settings. Uh, he added some dogs, I believe. I was going to say, he didn't been. talk about the dogs. <laughs> I don't know. The dogs might have been in the book. I read it two years ago or thereabouts, right. but I don't remember there being dogs. Oh. So I think I think he was much more... Uh, so he did embellish that way. Um, and oh. and I always say this, that Martin Scorsese loves irises. He always does that. Yeah. That black everything out except for a circle right. of yeah. the screen. Yeah, the very like, this is a film... Yes. Moment. <laughs> Check out my styles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm D.W. Griffith. <laughs> some serious lighting, too, where all mm-hmm. of a sudden there'd be sort of a spotlight or a lighting yeah, change like on someone During a scene, yes. Yeah. Suddenly someone's spotlit. Just yeah. Like... There's a scene where Michelle Pfeiffer becomes backlit. Yes. Yeah. Like in, We're thinking without in the cut. theater? In the balcony, yeah. Yeah. So I guess as, as the house lights came up before the person, like yeah. it just seemed like a very unnatural and conspicuous. Yeah, as change. soon as she turned, the light went on, uh, on her. So yeah. it was just like, I can see Martin in the back going spotlight now. <laughs> but it felt weird, like because they were in a theater that it was almost like, and then they turned the spotlight on her in the theater, like everybody yeah, in the yeah. theater so dramatic, at her or yeah. Something. yeah. Interesting, clever. Hmm. Uh, I think for the f- whole first half of this movie, I just kept f- feeling like there's not enough Winona in this movie. And this is a weird, like Where almost like going? it's a weird, like why did she pick this movie that she's yeah. barely in? But then all of a sudden she was in it yeah. more at the end. So maybe <laughs> it made sense. I don't know. Also, I felt like throughout the whole beginning, because this is a movie where Daniel Day-Lewis is supposed to be engaged to Winona Ryder, but he clearly starts falling in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. But I felt really bad for Winona at the beginning oh, yeah. because I'm like, oh, I love, so of nice course I like Winona. And, yeah. She seems nice and sweet, but then they get married and she seems a little less nice and sweet, yeah. a little more like, this is the way you have to this be society. in society. Yeah, like you yeah. have to shun the commoners yes. and stuff. When that moment happened where she's like, that person seemed common. Why'd you talk to them? Yeah. I was like, oh no, I don't like, like Winona. I know. It's like, oh. And I did kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Ellen. Yeah, um, she was cool. Yeah, she seemed cool. Like, she seemed like she wanted to divorce this guy who was yeah. bad to her account, I think. Um, she right? just wanted so to be free. Yeah. Her. She wanted yeah. to be free, she a free want, woman. Yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. That's a weird thing to do. Yeah, we <laughs> cannot do that. Yeah, so I felt, yeah. I turned. I changed my mind. I liked Michelle Pfeiffer better than Winona. I think that's why I didn't really watch this movie very much because Winona's character was uh, quite small and not very um, kind. So I was just like, "Mm, yeah, movie, but you know, yeah, I could. It's not like a rewatcher. Obviously, I've watched this many times. No, I don't think I'll watch it again. (laughs) It was great. Glad I watched it now. I liked Martin Scorsese's little cameo in it. Oh, he's yeah. operating the camera. Yep, for their wedding photos yep. or whatever. There yeah, was, was um, nice. they give uh, Martin Scorsese a tribute or like, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, director award at the AFI in 1997. Okay. And Winona gave a speech. I actually have it on tape. But, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> but she was like, you know, t- telling Martin Scorsese, like someone who like, uh, you know, 
loves movies, obsessed with movies. You have to appreciate your own movies. You make such good films. And she was trying to tell him, like, you, you're a really good filmmaker. <laughs> like, it was just like such That's a, like, awesome. She was such a fan of him. So to work with him, I think she was like super, super happy. She and that's kind of what them. I was thinking at the beginning yeah. when she wasn't in it very much and stuff. I thought, oh, she probably made this movie just as an opportunity to work with Martin Scorsese. But maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe she liked this book. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, there was part of it was she's a big cinephile. Like she's yeah. seen every single film in her like videos, like, well, when there were video stores. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, so I think that like, yeah, she was a big fan of his. But I also think she probably got the role after Dracula, working with right. Coppola. So Scorsese's like, yeah, right. she's rolling through the big auteurs. I think. Yeah, I took a film class. It was like an auteur film class in uh, at U of T, and it was one of the directors we studied was Martin Scorsese, and. I had no idea this movie was his because this was definitely not one of the films that was yeah. on the curriculum. Yeah, they show you like Mean Streets. They show you, right. you know, what? I don't know. Um, but like not this. Yeah, it's not in his because you wouldn't expect him to direct like this. When I it became it. clear that this was about New York, I was like, okay, I see yeah. why we're doing this film. Yeah. But like otherwise I was like, this is, seems like a weird choice for him. Yeah, but. I guess like he did. That was his kind of first I don't know, really know his many of like his total filmography, but it seemed like very uh, different from his other film choices. But then like when he does Gangs of New York. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like, you know, period New York film. He loves New York. Yep. And I guess he wants to show all parts of it. That was maybe that's, you know, New York was like this at one point, you know. Did he he do any other exercises in sort of genre filmmaking other than the gangster movie? Like, there's like the last temptation of christ yeah kundun like so there's the religious epics i guess that he makes i don't know if those are epics necessarily and then he does a little but did he do a musical did he do a western i don't think so uh he got goodfellas he got taxi mm. driver now you want me to look uh i don't know because some filmmakers just do every single kind like godard would do a musical and then do a war movie and then do a You'd think like such a cinephile would, he'd make his John Ford and then his Chaplin. And Did then... he do a war movie, Scorsese? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. I think, so th- So it's interesting Wasn't that he, like, the one time he did diverge from action or the religious stuff he's interested in, it was a costume drama. Based on a book by Edith Wharton. Like yes. it's just. <laughs> yeah. I'm second guessing myself. I want to look up Gangs of New York because I thought, wasn't that a musical? Gangs of New York, no. Oh. Aviator. Why do I remember Adi- that Aviator one? was something different <laughs> no. that he did. Oh, that's true. A biopic. Yeah. But that's Leo. Oh, Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, I love Bringing Out the Dead. Yeah, I love it too. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's huh. becoming like the, the Hitchcock cameo of this podcast is how long before Nicholas Cage. <laughs> gets brought up. <laughs> oh, and Cape Fear. That was a really cool Martin Scorsese There you film. go. He did he do did, some... Yeah, other different types of things. There was a remake of Cape Fear, but yes. I find IMDb so frustrating. I feel like we're taking us on a diversion. Fine. We can talk about the directors. (laughs) That's okay. Comedy. How can we forget the king of comedy? Yeah, that was one of the ones that we studied in the class. That was, yeah. That holds up. Yeah. And you know, documentaries. He also does documentaries. Yes. Yeah, but he doesn't even work on them. He gets other people to do them for him. Oh, I was going to say, yes, I have a thing with this. Um, while we were watching this, I was thinking about old New York and Daniel mm-hmm. Day-Lewis. 
and I've been thinking for the last couple of months, I, I, sh- I wonder if I should watch Gangs of New York again. I remember yeah. not having strong feelings about yeah. it either way. I almost did and, this weekend. And this is not selling me on watching, doing, it again. watching it again. I remember not really liking it. Yeah, I saw it in theaters and I remember it me being too. very, very violent and then that's it i don't know i didn't well i for some reason though i pictured them dancing in the streets <laughs> which obviously <laughs> never happened but that's my version that's how i like a musical almost gang. right yeah exactly that's why i said wasn't it was it no <laughs> apparently it wasn't i tried to look it up to see if it was no, that's all new right york, guys new york. our version of gangs in new york it's, it's a, a musical <laughs> With Cameron Where Diaz. They're fighting in the streets. And since, you know, we are the gangs yeah. of New York. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's West Side Story. Anyways. Um, all right. Well, back to this, which is not a musical either. <laughs> what was... Uh, did you like this film, Chris? Compared to the yeah, book? Yeah, because you're the one who read it. Um, no. I mean, it was disappointing <laughs> compared to the book. But I think if mm. I didn't read the book, I would have liked this. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um, I liked the way that um, he tried to use the camera to focus on all the looking and the snooping and all the all the malintent that is never vocalized by mm-hmm. the characters. Um, the the part where he talks about the drawing room that where you can see, um, you know, you have to go to a series of drawing rooms before you make it to the ballroom, and from the red drawing room you can see what's going on and this absurd painting that they had and yeah i don't know what's so scandalous about that painting i thought for in my mind i remembered it being a caravaggio like a really out there you know shocking painting but in the stand instead it's um the spring what is it uh the return of spring by Mm -hmm. i looked up i looked up the painter at the library today and uh i'm like that that painter even has more risque paintings Mm -hmm. had this one painting with these nymphs Oh. Wild stuff, but Whoa. this <laughs> this one is really. It was just some cupids around a nude. Yeah, yeah. cherub there. Although I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I feel terrible. I can't remember the name of this painter, but the painter uh, was kind of superseded by impressionism, which uh, detailed modern life more mm-hmm. faithfully, which was more in demand, and the painter just stayed painting nymphs and painting nudes and more classical type things and, and eventually fell out of favor, especially in Europe. Mm. And here we have a story about um, people who are holding on to the old way of do, ways of doing things. And, mm-hmm. and similarly, this painter was more, was very collected in New York compared with England or France. So I right. think it was a very, I, I like things like that. Like when little details, details when you look yeah. into them, they kind of reinforce the structure of the have narrative. more meaning. I liked the way the movie was made, too, but it didn't make me like the movie. Unlike with Dracula, which I think I liked the way it was made so much that I loved the movie, mm-hmm. but no, didn't work for me here. Well, it's funny. I haven't watched it in a really long time, and I liked it better than I have ever. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah, sometimes you revisit something yeah. and you like it. I enjoyed it better. Like, I got... Like I like the little the the New York the food the plating like the the society thing like just like the style the style was really nice yeah I like the and I really liked uh, Mrs Manson Mingott the granny oh yes the granny she was great yeah and she has these three dogs on her which one of them is Martin Scorsese's dogs who played her oh um I don't know but she also played the nurse in um, Romeo and Juliet. 
She so Miriam Mergulies, yeah. I think she's like a theater actress, and then she was in a lot of films too. But uh, sorry, wait, you love. Her? I loved that she just was covered <laughs> yeah. in dogs throughout just, the movie, and her dog paintings, and oh, she was so funny and sassy, and she was in Harry Potter. Yes, she's a uh, Professor Sprout. Sprout. Uh, there you go. That's what I was thinking of. Amazing. Yeah. I liked her. I think she was one of my favorite things about the movie. <laughs> Every time she popped up, we were like, oh, the dogs. Yeah. The dogs were And good. everybody seemed to like just pet the dogs. Yeah. Or her, somebody, somebody would just hold the dog. One, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had an array of dogs on her, one of which must have been Martin Scorsese's dog because it's, uh, they, she played herself, according to IMDb. Yeah. Zoe. Zoe the Zoe dog. the dog. Herself. Oh, I enjoyed the parts where they were reading... Uh, letters that they'd sent and then they would show the actress who was who had sent the letter and like in the setting that they would have like maybe written it or something yeah yeah they switched Um, especially the Winona one it was just like zoomed in on her throughout the whole like reading well it went from (laughs) this really baroque scene that was so emotionally intense and then she's just this jubilant bubbly recitation of the letter with the flowers in the the background direct address yeah Ellen Granny's telegram was successful Roman Mama agreed to marriage after Easter. Only a month. I will telegraph Newland. I'm too happy for words and love you dearly. Your grateful cousin, May. Yeah. You all burst out laughing. Yeah. (laughs) That's part of the thing with the film. It was so faithful, um, but the moments between um, all the different times that Ellen and Archer could see one another, like you felt in the novel the distance, like the um, the anticipation of when the next meeting would be. But mm-hmm. in the film, it could be three and a half minutes between meetings, like even some of the most like extended things. Um, uh, so the, the emotional payoff is really muted just because it's a, it's a, a film. film yeah. So you don't manage to care as much. I have to say, I don't like Daniel Day-Lewis very much either. So just generally, just generally, I kind of (laughs) share the same sentiment. Yeah. I mean, I, I respect that he's a good actor, but he's, there's like a pompousness about him as an actor that I think he takes himself super seriously. And well, you're going to see more of him him in the crucible, (laughs) which is Uh. one of his most pompous roles. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Great. Well, <laughs> looking forward to it. At least um, he didn't like. I, I find when he acts, he spits a lot, and then, oh, and he didn't spit. He didn't in this do that one. a lot in this. No, no, no spitting. No, so that, that was a relief. Have, that wouldn't have flown in high society. <laughs> no, you can't spit in high society. Maybe he did behind closed doors. I mean, his character was still likable yeah. in this film because you got him. You like he didn't want to like conform, even though he was conforming, and he just wanted to be free and find another country where there were no like you know, rules, societal pressure or whatever. But ultimately, uh, he did. Mm-hmm. He obeyed. There was a yeah, quote from the novel about his his psychological state that I wanted to share. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I remember reading the book and writing this down because I thought it was funny. Now, maybe less so. But it says, With a shiver of foreboding, he saw his marriage becoming what most other marriages about him were a dull association of material and social interests held together by ignorance on one side and hypocrisy on the other. Yep. He's a character that sees through the bullshit, but completely cleaves to it in 
everything he does outwardly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all of his rebellion is just internalized. Yeah. 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 He's afraid to stray mm-hmm. from society. Um, other people like Winona, like Winona, seem to uh, really like being that way. You know, like. I don't know. Maybe maybe there are also just people who are clinging to society because that's what they know, but mm. she seems more like, I'm into it. Yeah. And even he said at the end when her character died, he was like, she... No matter... You know, all through life, no, everybody was afraid to be themselves around her. They just, like, kept yeah. up the facade of, like, yeah, what would make grand. her happy. Yeah. Everything is fine, even if it wasn't. And, yeah, she just thought... Yeah. Everyone was happy. Well, in one scene, Ellen says to Archer, you know, and does May feel the same way? And Archer replies, well, if she, if she does, she's never, she's never said so out loud. Right. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know, you know how she felt. Yeah, that's know. true. She might have just been keeping up appearances, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, So what do you think about the end? Like, you've read the book, so maybe you have more insight into the end. Like, it's he goes with his son to Europe and... Totally different or it does happen that way. No, it it happens exactly like that. And it, in so many things that scene and a lot of other scenes happened exactly how I imagined them in the book. Uh, the, the, what the ending is, is that the world is different now and the customs are gone and he's an old, kind of an old fogey. No, he's like 57 or something. His kids kids are, yeah. (laughs) seems like he's 80. Yeah. But his children seem really nice and I guess the world has changed Mm -hmm. and there's that scene where he doesn't go in. To see um, Ellen. To see Ellen. And I remember being, you know, really kind of verklempt, but also like, what the hell? Just go in. Like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, this is your chance. <laughs> that's what this is leading up to. I, yeah. I was just, yeah, two huge reactions. It was, it's really affecting, but I don't think it gets the uh, chance to be affecting in the film just because uh, the long longing takes time to yeah. build mm-hmm. up and they just didn't have with all the content, with all the story that they wanted to narrate in, you know, a motion picture length, um, that longing doesn't really uh, come across. How did you feel uh, about the charisma between, the or um, chemistry, rather? Chemistry, yeah, Excuse yeah. Excuse me, chemistry. But do you find that it was chemistry. more chemistry in this one? I mean, I think there was chemistry between Michelle Pfeiffer and Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. And I think it was, like, like the right amount of ke- chemistry yeah. between all of them. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to have as much with Winona, but yeah. he seemed into her at the beginning, sort of in mm-hmm. a like playful, like high school way. Like, cool, we're engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> and then, and then, and then he has like yeah. these fantasies of, of Michelle Pfeiffer wrapping his arms, her arms around him. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you know? So yeah, I think the chemistry worked the way it should, I mm-hmm. guess for, for what it was trying to portray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the casting was good. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't usually have high expectations for Michelle Pfeiffer, though I'm sure she's been good in things. I just always forget th- what those things are. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing because of all all of the casting in this, she was the one where I, would, I wouldn't have. That's With not her, where I would yeah. have gone to first. And when I thought about well, what what do I know her from, and the first thing that came to mind was um, Aronofsky's mother, which is probably uh, not her not, calling card. No. <laughs> <laughs> or role. Yeah, no. I think of her as Catwoman. <laughs> oh, right, of course. Catwoman. Yes. <laughs> there was, what was that movie where she like had a knife? Wolf is the one what with, lies beneath with Jack Nicholson. Is... What Lies Beneath. I saw that in the, that's I what saw I'm that in the theater. Is that with Harrison Ford? It's 2000. 
way. That's, I mean, that feels like the 90s. 2000 still felt like I saw the this 90s. in the theaters. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Maybe we saw it together. It's Aww. 2000. We didn't know each other. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. doesn't track. <laughs> <laughs> saw it with someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Haunted by a ghost. Why would she have a knife if she was trying to get a ghost? She's That's scared. not a good idea. She's scared. <laughs> That's not going to protect you from a ghost. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, I think the other thing is I haven't seen a lot of these movies that she's been in <laughs> when we look at her filmography. To Julian on her 37th birthday. Ooh. I own that. I know some people who like that movie. Claire Danes. It was a Claire uh, Danes. That's why. My so-called life that's thing. Why yeah, that's why like I own it. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The other fixation. Because definitely the person I'm thinking of who I won't out on here uh, likes Claire Danes <laughs> and watches that movie. Uh-huh. And is like, what? So what? I like this movie. Okay. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. <laughs> I read a quote that Scorsese said that this is his most violent film. No. Gangs of New York is super violent. But like I see like emotionally violent. violent. Yeah. Not maybe. I feel like there's more. There's other heart-wrenching films of his. But sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say, Marty. Well, didn't you say Winona was nominated for this? Oh, yeah. So that's one thing. Winona was nominated for a uh, Oscar for this role. Sweet. Uh, she didn't win, but she did win the Golden Globe. Ooh. Uh and they Wasn't want the done? Oscar they want for costume, which all right, all right. most period pieces do win do for costume. Get, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we say Dracula? Yeah. That costume went yeah. to something that was period. And we complained about in the last episode. <laughs> there was also a nomination so we'll for there. writing. There was a nomination for um, something else. But yeah. They only won for costume. And then mm. yeah, Golden Globe-wise... Oh, Schindler's List won that year. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Oh, in the name of the father. In the name That's of the good. father. And the piano. That's another. And Remains of the Day. So it was a big one. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it's a pretty stacked list of nominees. And your favorite, Little Women. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know this. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. I actually there. remember watching there. the Oscars when she was nominated. And like screaming at the screen <laughs> because I was like, come on, come on da, 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 da. she did not win. So we talked about the Golden Globes when we talked about mermaids because she was nominated for mermaids too, but she won for this one. It's her Golden Globe. Interesting. It is her singular Golden Globe. She was really good. Mm. Yeah. In this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She, because yeah. at first you're like, oh, she's just a sweet and innocent, you know. That's easy, you know, but then there's like a little bit more to it. It's yeah. Subtle, like, I know a lot that of shit. That she turns it around. And you can see yeah. it. Like, you could, yeah. She plays him like super. She plays him slyly. Yeah. 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 She's pretty cold. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I used to, in the 90s, have uh, a Little Woman fan page on the of internet. Of course you An did. Angel Fire site. Tripod. <laughs> Tripod. Uh, and. I had a guest book on it and I got a lot of people commenting like, Oh, I love this movie. And like, it was the night, like it was the only one on us. Little woman fan page on the internet. Like there weren't many little women, but there's this man that I like started corresponding with, uh, through it all. And it was talking a lot about Winona Ryder and little, the movie, little woman. 
But he always signed his emails Newland Archer. Oh. And I always thought that was so weird. He's just like, I just like that name very much. <laughs> and I like Winona. So You're I, like, so you're the guy who didn't want to be married to Winona? But like, I was like, this is the name you chose? But anyway, but like there, I'll, I'm just showing you right now. But then he just signed Newland Archer on his email. This is an old one that I found from 1999. Wow. Oh, you kept it up for, uh, for a while. For a while, yeah, I was yeah. 18. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about Little Woman in this one. Talking about Gabriel Byrne. I don't know. It's it's amazing. But yeah, I had a ton of, because I had a different email account for that. Mm -hmm. But there was like tons of correspondence. Through all these Winona fans would mail me to, or just like tell me their Little Woman stories. But we'll get to that. I can't wait. It's very soon. We're getting there. And then I will finally watch it. Maybe I'll publish the Little Woman fan site temporarily. I think you need a, a complete archive for all your Winona-related ephemera. Like yeah. One day you'll just have a like room a for all of it. Like an archive, yeah. yeah. Have we missed out on talking about any of your ephemera while we were like on the pr- appropriate movie that corresponded with it? I think we're, nah. I think we're, we're getting into Lucas the time. Stuff? <laughs> weird Lucas stuff. That would uh, be a weird thing to have. No. <laughs> <laughs> a weird agent of... No, I didn't. I have... I had the book Age of Innocence. I thought that was mine, but it's yours, no, your mom's. It's my, my mom's. I had my dad's copy, but I don't know where it is. It's gone. Sad. Um, but no, not for this. Not for this one. But I did really get like I have the AFI Film Institute on tape. Like I was just kind of mm-hmm. surrounding all right. of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. May no, it's not my first Martin Scorsese film. I was gonna say that it might have been, but I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, can't be. No. Can't be. Can't I think Goodfellas good is probably yeah. my first Martin Scorsese film. Uh, interesting. Or Casino. I don't know. There are a lot. Oh, boy. Casino now is on. Me wonder. Casino is on Netflix. It's like three and a half hours long. Have it's d- excellent. You did it? Yeah. I watched it. Well, it took the whole weekend. Like a lot of laundry. <laughs> you watched it in couple, chunks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's yeah, wonderful if you've seen it before too. to just let yeah. it run and watch your favorite scenes again. It's great. So who did you think the narrator was going to be before you where you looked up who it was? I don't know. Did you it have sounded like a story time old la- like lady. <laughs> like just right. little, like Chris is like is this Edith Wharton reading? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz it was so funny the way it was read. Um I didn't know who it was going to be but I didn't think every detail that was narrated needed needed to be narrated like no. i think they should have made it, it more narrated they should have u- used it more lightly mm-hmm. in my opinion i agree that's why i mean this played out like a book on film because it was almost like when there Let's wasn't dialogue the <laughs> there yeah. was her narrating what happened it should have been more like goodfellas like ray liotta being like he wants to be with this broad, but then he's <laughs> got to get married because like society so he was running jobs and sorry anyway that's a good Ray, Ray Liotta there, Chris. <laughs> hey, that's your thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, there it was. That was Age of Innocence. Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, I can't do it. Daniel my Day last, Lewis impersonation. Oh my gosh, that you got to work on that for my Daniel Day Lewis impersonation. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like that's more intense. Yeah, it's pretty, he was pretty. 
I like when he smells the parasol. That's one of my favorite yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis moments in this. I think you left the room, Chris. You left you the room for this. Smelling the, the parasol. No, I... He, like, sees the parasol, and I, I saw... He reached. He was reaching for it, and I said, oh, he's going to smell it. <laughs> I said it. Well, there was another really upsetting scene did. where he, where they confess, like, for the first time, or thereabouts, and then he kisses her shoe? Yeah, and I thought out of well, all the things a, you could kiss, that wasn't in the book oh. and I, or that I recall. But also, it seemed really odd. Yeah, like it's like oh, you go from all so manner to now we're already he's so tortured by this love. He used to be on his feet and like yep. cool. Well, what's the so? What is the real next one? It's the House of the Spirits. It is the House of the cool. Spirits. And would you say it's a similar feel to this in terms of periodness? No, no it's totally different. There's you know, there's war. There's you know. Peace, turmoil. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not much peace. Okay. There's horseback riding, but Whoa. there's you know, you fighting, know, violence, and creepiness. Yeah, creepiness. All right, I'm into. Well, I mean, with House of the Spirits is the title, you'd think there's creepiness. That is definitely one of those movies I haven't read nothing about, and I have no idea what it is. So you know who's gonna find uh, out? What's the Fatal Attraction lady? Glenn Close. She's yes. in this movie. Speaking of creepy, she's Sweet. another creepy lady in this movie. Love it. Creepy Gr- Glenn Close, <laughs> Silent Meryl Streep. See, um, Meryl Streep is who I almost thought was narrating this mm. movie. Oh, I can see but that. But I was like, no, she wouldn't just be a narrator. But maybe, who knows? Anyway. I think cool. I actually Winona narrates House of the Spirits, now that I think yes. about it. She I love it narrate. when she narrates. She's if got she the narrating narrate, voice. Okay. I think she has I'm like excited. a narrating voice. People are like, she does. You. She does. But I could be wrong. I haven't seen House of the Spirit since probably the 90s. But we'll Well, next time we'll find out how right you were about all the details. We'll be like, there was no war. There was no horses. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, we won't. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Okay. Yay. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Winona Forever is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Episodes produced by Chris Landry. Music by No Refunds. Hosted by Lindsay Gibb and Rekka Tulsaram. Contact Rekka and Lindsay at winona at cageclub.me.